0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm glad for the sunshine right now. It's been wonderful. Such a blessing after the last few weeks. Well, I welcome all of you. If you're a guest, we're glad to have you. If you're watching online our live stream, we're glad to have you too. If you got a Bible with me, we'll go to the book of uh, Mark chapter 10 to begin with here tonight. Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to update you just a little bit on some things. Many of you saw our governor's mandates yesterday, and so, again, my heart is this, guys. I, I respect what anybody likes to do. If you desire to wear a mask, still wear a mask. Again, I can't find anything in the Bible that says, Thou shalt thus do this or thus not do this pertaining to a mask, okay? So just follow your heart on that. and We love you. We, we appreciate you just having a desire to come to church. Well, we begin here, and this is to give you an opportunity to take up our tithes and offerings tonight. Mark chapter 10, and this is a little bit lengthy, but I I think it needs to be read. I'm going to start in verse 17. Now, as Jesus was going out on the road, one came running, knelt down before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, the question here to me reveals the man's belief that eternal life was a reward that was really based on doing things right which is a messed up thought that's that religious mentality so Jesus said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one that is or that is God you know the commandments do not commit adultery do not murder do not steal do not bear false witness do not fraud defraud or honor your mother and father and he answered and said to him teacher all these things I've kept from my youth. Now, when I read that part right there, I think, this guy was really an incredible believer. He was an incredible liar, or he was incredibly arrogant. One of the three. But he says this, I, I've never done any of that. I had not disobeyed any of those. Verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and he said to him, I highlight, looking, loved, and he said. He looked, he loved, and he said. And and what you get off of this real quick is Jesus loved him enough to tell him the truth. And oftentimes in our life, we we have the thought, I I want the truth, but it goes back to the movie years ago with with, uh, Tom Cruise, he said, you can't handle the truth. And so when you get the word of God, how do you respond to the word of God? And so Jesus loved him. He looked at him and he said to him, one thing you lack, go your way. Sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So what Jesus told him wasn't what he wanted to hear. But you know what I found with the Word of God? Sometimes the very things I don't want to hear, that's exactly what I need to hear. Man, it's many times that way. And only the truth sets us free. Verse 23, then the Lord Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And his disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard are those who, those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? Now, what you see here, Jesus wasn't against people having riches. The issue was when they begin to trust riches. And so what happens is we begin to replace what God is supposed to be in our life with wealth. And so what you hear is this right here, that riches, they control us instead of us controlling them. And so in this episode, it's a sad, sad example right here of what happens when people begin to trust in their material goods instead of trusting God. And so the way I really stay balanced in all this is I get to a place where I say, Father God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to honor you like you said to and I'm going to become a kingdom giver and so again the Lord Jesus gives us credible insight right here that you don't want to be dominated by material things. let's pray Father God we love you again and Lord we, we open up our heart not only to you but to your word tonight in this area and Father God we, we thank you that you're the God who, who desires to bless us you're the God who said you would, you would supply our needs, you would take care of us. And so Lord right now we push everything toward you. Everything within our lives, we put you first with it in Jesus name. Amen. All right, well, a couple quick announcements again. Uh, you can register online for the men of iron. Uh, we really, really in pushing new areas for you to serve in our dream team. so we welcome you that. You can sign up on a communication card. Uh, remember, parents, if you've got children, you'll go out this door tonight after the service. All right. Shelly said, uh, I'm going to speak on faith. I'm going to continue on faith here, guys. I've done this for I don't know how many Wednesday nights for the last few years. I, I believe it's very significant. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. G- Galatians chapter 3. And the reason I believe it's so significant because the Bible's very very clear. clear. The just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We are to fight the good fight of faith. And so when I think about this area of faith, everything as a New Testament believer, we live out or we walk, you do it by faith. And so the more I begin to understand faith, the more I understand what it is to literally trust and believe God. So before we get going here, In Galatians 3, I I used to hear this song, and it it would start like this, and it said, I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And so the word redeemed here means a payment of ransom. It means to free from the consequences of sin. It means to be delivered from difficulty, danger, and bondage. Now, when I talk about redeemed there, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Nothing else can redeem you and me, but Jesus' blood. The Lord said in in Psalms 107, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, man, I'm telling you, something happens when I start bragging about how Jesus has redeemed me. Oh, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And so we pick up here in Galatians 3, and you're going to see a little bit in this, verse number 10 for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Now, if you go back and study the works of the law, remember we talked about last week, there's, there's over 600 uh, pieces of the law. They could, never, they could never do that in their own ability because to obey the law, it was based more on my effort and my human achievement and so he's, he's getting over here again, really on, and don't, don't be legalistic. Don't, don't be religious. And, and I think in these terms about the Lord Jesus, when you study his life, the only time you would ever find Jesus upset with people was at the religious leaders. And then there's a passage, remember, where the money changers were, were selling stuff in his, in his house. And he said, you've made my house a den of thieves. And so those were just a few of the times I I really ever saw Jesus get upset. And so this is kind of on these lines. And he goes on to say here, For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things, or written in the book of the law to do them. And so the Old Testament was all structured on works. i got to do this, and i got to do that. And then you know what happened? Father God knew. Mankind can never, he can never achieve these. Verse 11, but that no one is justified, and that word justified there means declared righteous. No one has been declared righteous because of the law inside of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. So the only way I become justified is through the blood of Jesus that he's redeeming from that. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that we are the righteousness of God through Christ. So the only way I become righteous is I I receive what Jesus did for me. And I just begin to live under the righteousness of what Jesus provided. So this is what he's talking about. So if you're born again, you are the righteousness of God through Christ. Jesus already qualified you. He set us up for that. Verse 12. Yet the law is not of faith. So to obey the law, it had nothing to do with faith. But the man who does them shall live by them. You're going to have to keep doing the law over and over that that effort. Now listen. I'm not saved by the letter of the law. But once I get born again, which is by faith. I'm saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8. The reason I obey the law is my devotion to Christ has then seen that, Lord, man, I'm born again because of Jesus, but I want to live to, uh, to please you. So grace me. Grace me to obey you. Now, this is where it gets good. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if you want to really get, really nitpicky in this or really dig, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The word has redeemed is past tense. You know what that means? He's already done it. He's already done everything he's going to do for me and you. And it said he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if we had time to study the curse of the law, the curse of the law was poverty, sickness, and eternal damnation. So it says, Christ has redeemed us. Who is the us? Everybody that gets born again comes under the redemptive blessing that Jesus did for us. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So in saying this, Jesus' death on the cross did for me and you what we could not do for ourselves. So you know what Jesus said? I'll do it for him. Now, we got Easter coming up here in just a couple weeks. We're going to call it the Easter experience. This is what Easter's about. Jesus was the the perfect uh, sacrifice. He was the lamb without spot or blemish. And so he said, you know what? I'll redeem him. I'll pay the price. So it's very, very biblical and scriptural for you to say, I, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And it's good for you to say that. It's good. That's why he said in Psalms 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So he goes on to say, for it is written, cursed as everyone hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. How do you become in Christ Jesus? You got to get born again. How do you get born again? You believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. And he said that the blessings of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. Well, you're either a Jew or a Gentile. But he specifically said to the Gentiles here. So if we had time, the blessings of Abraham are found in, in Genesis 12 starting about verse 2 and 3 in there, and it says that God would bless me, that God would multiply me, that God would make my name great, and that God would bless me to be a blessing. So guess what happened? Because of what Jesus did, he qualified me and you. The very covenant that God set up with Abraham thousands of years ago, we walk in that. So he said, they will come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive. You can't earn it. You you can't have the thought, I'm going to be good for the next five days. And this, you just receive it. Well, how do I receive it? By faith that the promise of the spirit would be through faith. So by faith, we receive the benefits provided for us by Jesus's death. Right there's another area. So by faith, I I walk by faith. I, I, I live by faith day by day by day now turn to your right to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 and if you've never read the chapter of 11 of Hebrews it's referenced a lot of times as the faith hall of fame that the emphasis and, and the focus on this entire chapter is faith and faith and faith everything in this chapter is faith Over and over, that's what you'll see. You'll see this little saying, by faith, by faith, by faith. It's incredible to begin to get that the patriarchs, the founding forefathers of the gospel, they were men and women of faith. I'm going to highlight just one verse in here tonight so we can get a little bit of idea of how faith operates. Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The, the worlds were called into existence by the word of God. The word frame there means they were set in order to make fully ready. The, the, one of the better ones is they were fitted. Okay. How was the world framed? By the word of God Or by God's own word. So guess what happened? God declared the very things that he desired that would take place. So one of the best ways we can describe the way creation was was built, fitted. God spoke it into existence. God coordinated it by the power of his words. I can tell you this right here. When you study this. It won't all make complete sense to you, okay? Our minds would probably tilt if we knew everything that God did, how infinite he was and everything he did and took place. But when I begin to study the scripture, I believe in everything God did. I believe that he created this world. I believe our Heavenly Father is the God who... He told the sun when to rise and to set. He, he told the stars when to twinkle. He, he told the rivers which way to run. I, I believe our God told the, the leaves and the grass when to turn green and when to look really ugly. And so I, I don't believe any of that is coincidental. I believe there had to be a God who did all this. Now, to help us with this, go all the way back to the beginning of time and go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Now, as we go here to Genesis 1, I'm going to come back later tonight if we have time to Mark 11. Mark 11 verse 22 says, have the God kind of faith or have the same kind of faith that God had. One of the reasons I'm going to highlight this right here in Genesis 1, this begins to give you and me a picture of how the God kind of faith works. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He formed it, fashioned it, he brought it into existence. Verse 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said. It didn't say he snapped his fingers. It didn't say he clapped his hands. It said, and God said. Now, if you are a student of the word of God, if you go through chapter 1, you'll see on 10 different occasions that it says, and God said and God said. So over and over, you begin to see that God understood the power of his words. Same chapter, verse number six, then God said. Verse nine, then God said. Verse 11, and then God said. Verse 14, and then God said. So you begin to see something over and over and over, and you can study every one of those. So literally, by the power of God's word, he created everything. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God spoke and bang, it happened. There it is. I, I don't question the things of God on this area. I believe this with all my heart that God was a creative God and God is still a creative God. Now, pay real close attention in verse 26. Then God said, let us, I believe the us is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Let us make man or mankind in our own image, according to our likeness, that we learn to relate by hearing, by seeing, and to speak these these characteristics of God, which he chose to reproduce in mankind. So you were created in God's image, and in his likeness, he created mankind, okay? I'm going to give you a little, a little science lesson here. You didn't evolve, okay? <laughs> you didn't evolve. There was a heavenly father who created you in his likeness and his image. I don't care what your eighth grade teacher taught you on evolution. I believe the word of God. I believe there's still power in the word of God. So the reason I take you to that is you begin to see and God spoke and God spoke. Now, I'm created in his image. And you know, mankind is the only creation that he gives us the ability to talk and communicate with our mouth. Now, animals make noises, but they don't talk. Some people think they do, but I don't think they do. But God created us specifically in this area. Do you know God gave every one of us a will? God gave every one of us the ability to choose. It's powerful. Now, go with me to 2 Corinthians 4, back into the New Testament. So as we go through this, We've heard this for weeks, maybe years now. Romans 10, 17, you're going to 2 Corinthians 4. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way you're going to get faith is to hear the word of God. Over and over. There, There is no other option for this, okay? So anytime I sense my faith levels down, you know what you got to do? You got to get into the Word. We know then that in Romans chapter 10, we back up from verse 17. In Romans 10 verse 8, it says, the Word of God is nigh or near you in your mouth and in your heart. This is Bible. So the, the, the Word of God begins to become a, a reality when I begin to get the word of God in my heart and I begin to speak it out of my mouth. Those are the same ways that you get born again. Now, pay real close attention here to what the apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, and since we have the same, or the same kind of faith, So on that word right there, since we have the same kind of faith, we're all on equal ground here. And what I mean by that is every one of us have the same opportunity to this, because look what he says here. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written. So guess what begins to take place with here? You and me, we decide what we're going to do with what's written. Some people will blow it off. Some people will mock it. Some people will say stuff like, I can't believe you would would even believe that stuff. You know, the the scriptures are very clear that the things of God and the word of God is foolishness to this world, but not to us who are believing and and will live eternally. I mean, I look at that and and, and I look at the written word of God and I think, man, I, I treasure the word of God. I thank God for the word of God. And so we have the same spirit of faith and the same spirit of faith is based completely and entirely on the Bible. That's my source of faith right there. He goes on to say this, I believed, therefore I spoke. I believe the word of God Therefore, I spoke the word of God. Then he ends this and he says, we also believe and therefore we speak. So what begins to happen is the word of God creates faith in it, but the way the word of God becomes expressed from me is what I begin to say about it. I begin to talk it. I begin to speak it. And it's very, very important and powerful that you get the Word of God on the inside of you and you start speaking out the Word of God. That I can be what the Word says I can be, I can have what the Word says I can have, and I can do what the Word of God says I am. Do you know there in Philippians 4, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What powerful when I begin to get into agreement with that. But too many times we say, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. But Jesus said, I can do all things and strengthen him. So something happens when I get a hold of the word of God. Same chapter, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit. You, you got to stay by. Don't lose. Don't lose heart. Don't quit. And I encourage many of you right now, don't quit on the gospel. Don't quit on the things of God. Stay with it. God's timetable is not always our timetable. Man, I, I am seeing people within the body of Christ quitting on the things of God right and left. Do you know that's one of the signs of the end times? It says in the end times, many will depart from the faith. Hang on to the word of God. Don't lose heart. He goes on to say, even though our outward man is perishing, this thing right here, this earth suit, if you haven't experienced this yet, you will. You'll start getting these things called wrinkles on your face. And your hair won't quite quite as thick as it used to be. And this outward man is perishing. It's not going to be with me forever. Keep looking at what he says here. Yet, the inward man, that's interesting, outward man and inward man. The inward man, which is my spirit man, the real me, he's being renewed Day by day by day. He is to be restored with freshness. He's been renewed with the word of God. When? Day by day by day by day. I got to get in the word day by day. And that's how this inward man continues to thrive and to continue to grow. Again, you've heard me say this for years. You get into the word, God will get into you. And when God's word gets into you, it starts changing the way you talk, it changes the way you speak, it changes the way you act. Verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Let me ask you a question off of that. How can you look at things that are not seen? through the eye of faith. I wasn't around when God created this world. I wasn't around when he said, let there be light. And there was light. But you know what I do? I I can picture things in in, in my, my mind through the eye of faith. In my heart through the eye of faith. He ends in this verse and he says, but all things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen, they're eternal. Ooh, how many of you ever gotten a glimpse of heaven? How many of you ever got a glimpse of eternal things? Dreams and visions. That's the goodness of God. This is what begins to happen when I, I hang out with God and man, I, I, I feed my faith and I starve my doubts on a daily basis. Now, ooh, real quick, go with me to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. So as you're turning there, we are called to walk by faith and not by sight. We are called to live by faith. So I begin to think about those words. I'm called to live by faith. You're called to live by faith. When I really become born again and I get consumed with the things of God and I live by faith, When you got born onto this earth physically, did your parents sit you down and say, Ray, we're going to teach you how to breathe today? How many of you, when you drop your kids off at school tomorrow, will you say, listen, Ralphie, be sure and breathe today? We don't have to tell them that. You know why? It becomes natural to me. To live by faith in the spirit realm, it becomes natural to me. I just begin to believe God and I begin to trust God. Here's a thought for you off of the things we don't see, we can still believe in them. We live in West Texas, how many have ever seen the wind? I've never seen the wind, I've seen the effects of the wind. We're gonna see it tomorrow. But just because I hadn't seen the wind, I still believe in the wind. I watch what the trees do now, but I've never actually seen, wow, look at the wind. I, I don't know what the wind looks like. In this part of the world, it seems dusty, but it's not always that way. Let me get on to something here with you. i yeah, me read this first. Verse 22, Mark eleven twenty-two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Now, if we went backwards in this, remember this is when Jesus saw the fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree and he said, from this day forward, you never have fruit again. The next day, the disciples saw the fig tree and they saw it withered and died. They freaked out and they said, Lord, the tree, the tree that you spoke to, it's withered and died. It did exactly what you said. And so Jesus says, fellas, you gotta have the God kind of faith. But when he tells them to have the God kind of faith, he begins to explain it in verse 23 and he said, for surely I say to you, now he's talking to me and you, whoever says to the mountain. Now the mountain here is an obstacle, a hindrance, any form of a problem. He said, whosoever will say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now think about this. In the natural, every one of us would say, there's no way you can move a mountain and cast it into the sea. We would all agree with that. But everything's possible with God. When I start letting God get involved in my life, everything that seems impossible becomes possible with God. And he said, you shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now the word whatever in my Bible, I've got it circled big time, whatever. It's not whatever. No, it's whatever I say. And so right here, the, the, the Lord Jesus is telling me and you once again how the God kind of faith works. So I'm, I'm in a phone call not long ago and the question said to me, why, why do you speak on faith every Wednesday night? And I made this comment. I said, the just shall live by faith. I said, the body of Christ is not being taught faith like we need to be. It's, it's that significant and that important. So me and Shelley are having this conversation. And I go back to 1981 and 1982. And I know some of you weren't even born then, okay? You weren't even a dream then, all right? But that's the year it was. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five days a week. For four hours a day, I had the foundations of faith put in me we were we were 20 years old at 20 years old we did not realize the significance of the foundations of faith that would establish our lives for the next 40 years right now we came to a place where we believed god for housing clothing food I've been there, guys, where I had more month than money. I've been there where I thought, Lord, I I don't know how we're going to pay for this. And we would believe God and we would trust God at a young age. And we begin to believe God for jobs and we begin to believe God that, that, that the blessing of Abraham would be upon us. And, and I look back at that heritage and I, I thank God for the heritage of being taught what it was like to walk by faith. And there's times in my life right now that I, I want to teach our high schoolers. I want to teach them the principles and the foundations of faith. So they go through their life and they think, you know what? When life squeezes me, when, when, when trouble knocks on my door, I go to God. I go to the word of God and I get on my knees and I begin to pray and I begin to stand. And I I could tell you story after story right here about the faithfulness of God. I've walked these altars in here and I've said to times the Lord, Lord, I don't know how we're gonna do this, but I know you're God. I know you're God. I know you can do this. And, And a week or so ago when we had the pipes bust at that other end and I walked in and that girl's bathroom, the water was that deep. My first thought was son of a Bendigo. (laughs) Ease up, okay. I got shook. And and used to when I, and I know I'm going over a little bit, used to when I'd get real shook, it would work me over. When I get shook now on the inside, when I get are any of you rattled on the inside right now? Man, I go before God. And I started pleading with God. I said, Father God, I don't know what all is going on here, but I trust you, I trust you. And and with that still small voice, it was like the Lord said, if you'll just trust me, this is gonna turn into a blessing. And I was like, what did you say? Because it didn't seem like a blessing. The guy who came and extracted all the water, he comes into my office, he looks at me and goes, your church is such a blessed church. I sat up in my chair and I said, what'd you say? And he said, you guys are so blessed. And I said, tell me why. He began to explain to me. And it was like the Lord was saying, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. See, when life squeezes you, run to the rock that's higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Grace my faith. You better stand up or we may get in a little trouble. Well, this is why I preach on this on Wednesday nights, guys. Well, you, you got to get this on the inside of you. You speak to the mountain. You speak to the you speak to broken pipes. Say, Father God, I know, I know you're the source. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven here tonight. Father God, we look to you tonight. Woo, fill our hearts with the God kind of faith. The Lord, when life shows up on our front door, we turn to the God who created everything. And Father God, we ask right now that you you cause the appetite for the word of God to create in us as believers the word, the the power of it, that it, it brings faith like never before Grace us right now, Lord, to speak with the tongue of faith, to speak your word out of our mouth, and that we would believe with our heart and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to leave you with this. This is your assignment this week. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. If I can't find scripture for it, then don't say it. But when you find the word of God, start speaking the word of God out of your mouth. And guess what? Get ready. Get ready. Well, the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebbic.com.